The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community on Facebook. My guest today is a mother who received insight and inspiration from Dr. Wayne Dyer during a time that she was navigating challenging medical diagnoses with both her children. His presence and inspiration guided her to greater strength and a sense of peace in what what otherwise might have been a dark night of the soul. She wrote about her experiences in a book called How Dr. Wayne Dyer Taught Me That Life Is Worth Living. Karen McDonald-Hillegas, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us how did you first discover Dr. Wayne Dyer? Um, in the 1990s, I was dating my then boyfriend and my now husband, Christopher, and um, my husband lives in California in Los Angeles. He is an avionics technician for United Airlines, and he worked nights, and so I would, uh, I, I lived in Chicago, Illinois, and so I would travel to Los Angeles to visit him. It was a long-distance relationship, but we met in college. And um, so I was dating him, and I was very curious um, about just everything about him, and I would look through all of his movies. It's kind of funny, when he would work at night, I would look at his movies and watch them, and I would look at the kind of books he read, and I pulled out three books by Dr. Wayne Dyer, and I had never heard of him before, and I pulled out the early books, Your Erroneous Zones, Pulling Your Own Strings, and Manifest Your Destiny. And um, when my husband would work, he was my boyfriend at the time, but when he would work nights, I would sit and read these books. And I I was dumbfounded and astounded by the um, excellence of the writings of Dr. Dyer, but I was more kind of excited about my boyfriend that he read such deep books. And it made me love him all the more. And I mean, it's kind of a cute thing, but... He did have kind of a secret crush on me in college. We were friends, and I was very, very career-oriented. I was trying to get a bachelor's of accountancy and get my um, certified public accountant um, uh, designation. And anybody who knows about accounting knows it's a very three-day test. It's very, very arduous and difficult. So I didn't have time for dating, and so I kind of (laughs) blew the... um, my now husband off when he would try to make efforts to date. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. And when he moved across the country and I realized I might lose him to a girl in California, I started calling him and um, 
getting reacquainted with him, and I kind of invited myself out to California to visit him, and that that's how our relationship started up. But um, the the cute thing is when I read Manifest Your Destiny, that's one of Dr. Wayne Dyer's books about how um, you know you you take control of your life and you can really manifest your future. And I felt like maybe my husband was reading those books, and that's why I ended up because I said, here I am. Now I'm chasing him, and he kind of liked me first, and then it was me chasing him. So I felt Wayne Dyer inspired him, and his dreams were coming true. And I, and I just thought Dr. Wayne Dyer was a really beautiful writer and gifted. Wow. It's like an introduction to destiny. Yes. <laughs> so had you been interested in spiritual literature before that, or you just kind of stumbled on, like, who is this Dr. Wayne Dyer? Um, I was interested in spiritual literature, but more along the um, the Catholic faith. I am baptized Catholic, and I was raised with 12 years of Catholic parochial schools. And so I really stuck to uh, Catholic teachings, and my parents were very involved in a religious organization that led pilgrimages. So I had been to the Holy Land. Uh, Lourdes and Medjugorje, and I had traveled to um, what we Catholics call uh, apparition sites of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I was really only into Catholic uh, readings. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that- Wayne Dyer uh, took a group of people to visit some of those sacred sites. Uh, you can get a DVD set called Experiencing the Miraculous for anyone who doesn't have that. So that's fantastic. I, I love that. I think that you know, Wayne Dyer had a mind that was open to everything and attached to nothing. And he definitely talked about Jesus. He talked about God. He quoted from the Bible, you know. And I felt like there was a lot of harmony uh, between the two. So then you get to a point in your life where you decide you want to write a book. And can you tell us about what your inspiration was for that book? Sure. Um Really, um, it was that um, my life, I was kind of in a dark place because I had, as you had talked about in your introduction, um, some developmental and um, physical and mental disabilities with my two children. It happened three days apart, the diagnoses. I was going to a lot of doctors and a lot of specialists, focusing all my attentions on them, and I was becoming kind of cynical about faith, spirituality, and I felt, you know, was I cursed by God? Why did these bad things happen to me? And so I was um, kind of at a point of doubt and faith, and um, it kind of uh, really hit my soul, and as you said, it was like the dark night of the soul. Um, But one day, it was a, a New Year's resolution. It was December 31st. And I decided I do have to try to get out of the, this feeling that I have and these emotions. And I um, remember that we had books by Dr. Wayne Dyer and think that this is from the 1990s. So we're talking, you know, 15 years later. Yeah. They, they were on our bookshelf. And I said, I need to do something to better myself. And so I pulled those books out because those initial books were about psychology so they were self-help books, so that would kind of help me with my depression and from a psychological angle, not even really spiritual. Um, 
I pulled those books out, I read them, and then that led me that I really wanted to learn more about him. And I got on the internet and started watching all his old PBS specials and seminars that he gave across the world, listening to his speeches. Yeah, then, you know, he got so famous from those PBS specials. Like, he reached so many people that way. That's how I found him. And it's like, you get a sense for who he was when he's standing on that stage. And, and he's he's sharing jokes about his kids. You know, he was a father of eight children. And um, he was a professor before that. So he had this really um, practiced, humorous speaking style. So for me, my favorite of Wayne is his live talks and his PBS specials are certainly part of that. So that's an interesting transition for you to go from, you know, reading some of his earlier books, which are fantastic as well, and really more focused on psychology. And then you start to kind of expand your, wow, like, look at all this stuff that he did, you know? So what what were you learning from Wayne Dyer at that time? Or, or what was I- what was changing for you? I was changing because I felt that um, Wayne Dyer was a very brilliant man. Um, I was very impressed because I'm, a, you know, I'm an educated person. I didn't describe this, but I also have a law degree, so I have a Juris Doctor. Congratulations! And thank you. So I, I was very into higher education, and he had a PhD in psychology. So I thought he's a very, very intellectual man. And then his teachings, I learned shift into the spiritual spirituality and um, on faith and, and, and re- religions of all different kinds. And I thought usually a lot of intellectual people can sometimes be doubters of faith and they could say, oh, you're just superstitious to believe in God. Some of the academic people I knew could be even, you know, atheistic type people. And here he's somebody who's so smart, but yet he, he has the spirituality piece. So I guess I was really impressed with his background, his credentials. I just felt, here's this brilliant man, but his heart just shows on stage two. And there was something, he had the whole package. I mean, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he was he was packaged. He had the intellect, just he knew about every worldwide event. He knew something about everything. I mean... There's a story about him in Rwanda and, uh, you know, probably about Immaculate, but he knew about the Rwandan crisis and came to write a Ford for her. But he was just on top of everything. And yet this man could so eloquently talk about spirituality. And I don't even know if I really absorbed deeply everything he was teaching. I mean, some of it was, I think, over my head because he taught Eastern religions. He taught, you know, everything. But I, I was intrigued by everything he taught. Uh, uh, and he was a beautiful speaker. He has like a radio voice. He has a soft, calming presence, and he's a very the gentle soul. Um, they called him the leader of the band, and I literally would see uh, his daughter Sky Dyer, and he affectionately called her Skyzy. But on PBS specials, she was saying the leader of the band for him by Dan Fogelberg. And anyone who knows that song, it was written for Dan Fogelberg's father, but it really um it kind of matches some of the stuff in the the lyrics matched Wayne Dyer because he he came from a family of three and they talk about that. And um, I just would love to even listen to the song, the leader of the band. I, my heart, I just became attached to him emotionally really through watching his speeches and not even meeting him in person. I I started to get a a real attachment to him. He, um, 
he was a real fatherly figure. And I think that's no coincidence that, you know, he had eight kids of his own. So, so he definitely had that presence. He had a lot of daughters. So I, I think he would probably talk to us like, like we were a couple of his kids as well. But yeah, he really did. It's like he had the whole package. He brought this um, scholarly sensibility. Like he he read like voraciously. Most famously, he taught about the Tao, the 81 verses of the Tao and Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, um, Living the Wisdom of the Tao, which this this podcast shares the, the same name in, in honor of his teachings. And you know, he he really studied everything and he stayed on top of the news and he was listening to what was going on and he didn't always share his opinions, right? Mm-hmm. Um but but he did when he felt strongly about something and, and when and when he he felt like he needed to advocate for something, he would do that. But but yeah, I think it was just, you know, it was this culmination of who he was as a person, like the schooling that he went through. And it's interesting because when he talks about his professors at Wayne State University, he said that he felt like they were really missing an opportunity because they had a captive audience and they were like boring people senseless, right? Like you come in and you do a lecture and like he's looking around at the other students and people are like, oh, like, okay, whatever, just get through the class. And so Wayne set this intention that when he becomes a teacher, because that's where he was headed, that he was going to like make use of that opportunity and make people laugh and be engaging. And one of his influences, which uh, I know you know about, is Bishop Fulton Sheen and his show Life is Worth Living. So this was a TV show that was on when Wayne was a kid and he discovered him at 12 years old and Wayne was actually sitting in front of the TV like captivated and even taking notes. I can't imagine a 12-year-old little boy taking notes on a show about life is worth living, about, you know, religion, but also, um, you know, it really was about psychology as well. It was about, it was about changing how you think. And it was about the power to change your life. And there's actually a quote from him. Um, it's from a blog post that he did when he was preparing for his PBS special to air from I Can See Clearly Now, which is known as his memoir, one of his final books. And he says, I am still thinking about Bishop Sheen. His title, Life is Worth Living, has turned out to be the theme for my life's work. In fact, it could have been the title for all of my books. That early encounter with Tuesday Night TV inspired something in me that has been unfolding ever since. Nadia, that's beautiful you brought it up because my book title, that was not my original title. Um, My original title was... um, uh, message received from the sender um, because I, I, I received some spiritual messages from um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And um, really halfway through my book, I changed the whole title because the book started to change the direction of the book. And uh, I entitled it, actually my first title was How Dr. Wayne Dyer Taught Me Life is Worth Living. And I did take that because of his teachings with uh Bishop Fulton Sheen, but he really literally taught me life is worth living. I never knew that he said that, and I can clear, see clearly now until you told me that, so that blows my mind. But then I also had the second privilege that um, after I published my book, 
I couldn't use Dr. Wayne Dyer's uh, name in it because his name is copyrighted because he's so important. He's written textbooks in 46, 46 or more books, New York Times uh, bestsellers, that uh, his lawyers had told him about five years before his death, you should really trademark and copyright your name so nobody can use your name and use your goodwill and publish a book because there could be, a, it's a common name, there could be another, another Dr. Dyer. So my publisher told me we can't use that and I was I was pretty sad. But um, I was really happy months uh, after I published my book, the estate of Dr. Dyer learned about my book and they let me use his name in it and gave me the right to use the copyrighted name. So that's how the how Dr. Wayne Dyer taught me life is worth living. Wow. Um, how fantastic. <laughs> and I still have the letter that they sent me that they said that they're so happy to hear of the miracles that Dr. Wayne Dyer uh, is doing for people. And the lady I dealt with was somebody affiliated with the estate, you know, not the family or anything. Obviously, they're pretty important people, but they didn't want any money for it. I could have, I, ha I hired a lawyer and he said, well, I think you'll need to give them royalties from your book because you're using a name that's copyrighted. And they said, we don't want any money. We don't want a cent out of this. We just are so happy you're sharing your story about how Dr. Dyer positively affected your life. So it left me with a really warm feeling. But uh, what you said that he that his books could be titled that, I didn't know that when I picked that title. So that's... Yes. Doesn't that just give you chills? I got chills when I read that. I, I didn't know that. And I, I've read that book, but I guess I read over that part. But again, well, it's, it's actually a blog yeah. post. So I think it's okay. on his website, um, which is probably drwaynedyer.com. And uh, yeah, I found that. I found that in there when I was doing my research for the episode I did on his origin story. And Bishop Fulton Sheen is one of the stories that I tell about that. So he later became an archbishop uh, of the church, and he'd actually had a, a radio show for many years before he came on TV. Uh, he won two Emmys for Most Outstanding Television Personality. He was featured on the cover of Time magazine. So, you know, this was back in the 50s, 1952 to 1957. But, but in that day, he was pretty well known, right? I think he was opposite... Tuesday nights from Milton Berle, is that right? So yes. um, definitely not the most popular show. Everybody was watching the other one. But um, but yeah, his uh, Wayne's stepdad was the one who liked that show, and that's how he got introduced to it. But yeah, the, the I mean, it's no coincidence. It's a total synchronicity. It was meant to happen that you have this connection to the Catholic Church, right? And that, um, you know, Wayne had this connection to Bishop Fulton Sheen that really never left him. Like he, that inspiration followed him for his whole life. So for the two to come together in your book, I think is no coincidence. Now, before we get more into that, I would really love to hear about your connection to Wayne Dyer because you have, you know, felt his inspiration in your life through difficult times. I know you share some of those stories in the book. And um, interestingly, you have a meditation practice. Is that right? Yes, I'm very into meditation through Dr. Wayne Dyer. I learned how to meditate through him. I learned the I am that I am meditation with the Moses code that is from wishes fulfilled. And then I also do his ah meditation that came from Dr. Pillai, who also goes by Dr. Treya Shiva Baba, but he knew about him and his book manifest your destiny. 
So I learned to sit silently, and I, I still to this day, I meditate a full hour by myself in my bedroom with the door closed, all the blinds pulled in a quiet, dark place like Wayne said he used to do. Wow. And I, in that quiet time, I, I kind of listened for the voice of Wayne or, or the spirit of him to direct me and where to go with things. Sometimes I hear him. Sometimes it's just quiet, but um, he has come through on times to me. Yeah, so many people feel the presence of Wayne that I, you know, I obviously have no doubt of that. My last guest was a medium in Denmark who, who, um, you know, hears him regularly and has that relationship with him. But, you know, across the board, like, it doesn't matter where you fall on the, you know, on the range of spirituality or, or, or anything, right? Like, if you think about him, if you if you're open to it, like, he's there, like, he's still spreading his message, he's still spreading his love. So, <clears throat> what has been the impact of your meditation practice? Like, how has that changed your life? Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Um, my meditation practice, it, it, it slowed down my thoughts. It gave me a time to learn more about spirituality and to broaden from my Catholic. Uh, I was kind of had a limited belief with Catholics. We kind of believed in you know, here's earth, then there's, uh, some people go to purgatory, then there's heaven. It was a very kind of a stringent belief system. And I never really understood what happens to other people who aren't Catholic. But um, through meditation, I see that, that all religions are passed to God. I think that man kind of made our own religions. But my meditation has made me um, open to not just being church going and I still go to church. My children are in Catholic parochial schools, but into doing things with my heart. Like Wayne said, it's not about being right. It's about being kindness, you know, about being kind. He always said that it's not about being right. It's about being kind. Yeah. I think of his sayings through my meditation. A lot of his sayings stick in my head. And I think about, he told me, um, you know, I just feel him say like, give to the poor because he did that on one of his birthdays. He gave out $100 bills. I love that and, story. Yeah, and every time I see, like when I go downtown, I go downtown a lot in, in the city of Chicago for mediations, and I give money to people. And one day a man needed a bus ticket to get, he was, I don't know if he was homeless or just fallen on hard times, but he needed to get to Chicago from Milwaukee. And it's like he was collecting money and he kept crossing out in his board. He needed like, you know, $38 to get to Milwaukee. And then he needed 37, 34. He was at the point where all he needed was six more dollars. And I swear, Nadia, I reached in my wallet. I, I'm like, because of Wayne, Wayne would help him. Wayne always was generous. Exactly $6 is what I had in my wallet because I'm usually kind of a debit card type of person. And I don't carry that much cash. I gave him my last $6. He hugged me. And it, it's the inspiration of Wayne. He teaches me to be a better person. My meditation teaches me to reach out to the poor and needy. 
and to be, have compassion. I feel my heart is a lot more open now. Not just my mind, but he's opened my heart. You know, Mother, Mother Teresa used to say that every day I go out on the street and see Jesus Christ in all of his distressing disguises, right? She saw God in everyone, and I think Wayne saw that. That story of him going out, and, and it was his birthday, and he pulled out a bunch of cash, walks down the street, and just gives it to anybody that he was inspired to give it to, that he felt was in need. I think that was right after he had the healing with John of God, and he was just feeling like... He was just feeling like pure love, you know, that everything was beautiful and his children looked like angels. And I think it was shortly after that, that he, that he did that, like on his next birthday, he was like, ah, just giving, giving to everyone. Like, that's what God does, right? God is always giving. And Nadia, I think he said that was his happiest birthday. Mm, Isn't that something? And on his birthday, on one of his birthdays, I think when he turned 70, he didn't want gifts. He gave his gifts were special cards um, with books to his children. He would give them for his birthday. He would give them books and cards. So he was a giver. He was just just totally a giver. Uh, I love that. I love that story about (laughs) the card that his kids gave him. I think it was his 64th birthday. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... His kids give him this card and he tells the story and on the front it says, um, you know, dad, um, God has a special message for you. And he's like, oh, wow, like I'm really getting through to my kids. Like they really listen to me. This is fantastic. And he opens the card and it says, see you soon. <laughs> yes, he told that story and his children really grounded him. And I, I love his stories about his children because I think he had a story about Serena that when she was younger, she was a, he said her name doesn't match her personality, but yeah. um, he was rushing all the kids to school because he used to, I guess, drive them. I'm sure his wife had the younger kids at home and he had to drive them to school. They were all different ages. And he was like, hurry up, hurry up, come on, let's get going. And, you know, Wayne's writing books. You could see he probably was a very energetic guy. Busy guy. And, and he said that Serena looked at him and said, oh, if only all those people could see what Mr. Sunshine and Mr. PBS. Mr. Positive, yeah. <laughs> positive is like, and he told those stories. He was very honest about who he was, and I'm sure he had moments where he could be a little bit crabby, but he, he was, you know, generally a happy person, but he always had affirmations, and he, he even said he had them even taped in his car. So I believe that what he taught about affirmations and positive statements, he he needed them too, and so he's human, and he tells us, they said when he passed away, like even in his condominium, all on his cabinets, he had affirmations taped up everywhere. And I know he said he had it in his car. And I'm sure if people drove slow, just like us, it might drive him crazy. But he probably had an affirmation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know those, won't, those weren't just words, right? He he told us, like, write it down, put it somewhere where you can see it. And and, and that was um, emphasized by Louise Hay as well, right? She was like the, the big teacher of, of using affirmations. And Wayne certainly shared that as well. So he was walking his talk. But yeah, have mm-hmm. no doubt, folks, like he was human. He was just like the rest of us. My take on it is that he taught us what he needed to learn, that he was a seeker. He was always 
always on a search. And when he would find something that lit him up, that connected him to source, that helped him overcome personal struggle, tragedy, depression, anything, because there were difficulties in his life. Absolutely. When he would find those things, he would bring them to us. He was on a mission to teach us what worked for him. You know, like I keep saying he carried such a big torch, but he didn't want to carry that torch for us forever. He wanted us to carry that torch for ourselves. So you writing this book is carrying the torch, right? Is spreading the message, is showing up and saying, this is still true for us, right? We can change our thoughts and change our lives. There's more available to us, right? Connect to the source that's within. Meditation is a fantastic way to do that. He used to say that if prayer is you talking to God, right, then meditation or inspiration is God talking to you. So meditation to me feels very much like a prayer, but it's in a receptive mode. So you're connecting to that energy of God the same way you would be if you're sitting in in a church and praying. And, and, you know, we talked about um, the Catholic Church, and I actually went to Catholic school from from fourth through eighth grade. Oh, we have some similarities. Yeah, so I'm obviously a figure in – you know, talking about spirituality. But to me, there's so much overlap, right? And that, you know, I looked into multiple different religions and like my heart isn't close to any of them. Like I feel like there's so much love, there's so much truth in every religion. And, you know, maybe I haven't one found one that I feel like I can be 100% on board with the organized religion. But that doesn't mean I don't love the spirit of it. That doesn't mean that I don't like value the community that comes from that because I do, you know, and Wayne had this shift from psychology to spirituality in the late 1980s. And part of that was he was giving talks in unity and religious science churches. So he had written, um, I don't know, at least five books at that time. And his next book, you'll see it when you believe it, was his first one that talks about God. Right. I think he had one mention of God in a previous book, and it was really just a, you know, talking about Abraham Maslow's definition of God realization. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't talking about God. He wasn't talking about spiritually, uh, spirituality. He wasn't talking about religion. And then he had this shift. And for me, it's so fascinating. So I, I talk about that in, um, from psychology to spirituality. I think it's the third episode. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's actually my most popular episode to date. So. It's only 20 minutes. It's a it's a quick listen. Um, but that was a really fun one for me to look a little bit deeper into what caused this shift, right? Because he was trained as a counseling psychologist. He was a professor at um, St. John's University in New York. And, you know, he kind of evolved at some point. He wrote a few big books on spirituality, but he kept ask, being asked to come back to particularly these unity churches, And he was saying, you know, it was just as likely to hear talks from, um, you know, the likes of Emerson, Thoreau, um, transcendentalist teachers, you know, Lao Tzu, like they weren't just quoting from Jesus and the Bible, that it was more inclusive. It was open to everything. And I and before I did that research, I never really thought about like what that was like for him, because I always knew him as a spiritual teacher. I discovered him in the 90s when I was a teenager. And he was already like, you know, the father of motivation. And um, but there's a quote from him, and I can see clearly now where he talks about this. It says, 
I'm excited to be considered a spiritual teacher. This is new for me, since I have pretty much eschewed any particular religion. I see myself as a global person without any interest in excluding anyone. I'm honored to be giving sermon-like talks at church services and to be associated with the likes of Emerson Thoreau, Leo Buscalia, Neville, and other transcendentalist teachers. Like, these were his heroes, you know, and Emerson and Thoreau is from more than 100 years before he was even born. <laughs> yes. Well, I believe, like he had said, he he was definitely a searcher, and I think he always knew he had a life purpose, and he was searching for it. And when he found spirituality, I think there was, and I can see clearly now he talks about that, where um, his publisher came to him and said, you know, you could write a book on how to make money and a book on... Um, helping people um, with their sex life and you can make a killing. And he wanted to go to that spiritual yeah, shift. Yeah, and he wanted to go to the spiritual shift and he said, I don't care what I could make. This isn't what I want to do. And I, I just know that he was a seeker, like you say. And if you're seeking deep things, and I think he was just a deep person, even if it was a – he didn't talk about his politics. I think he kept that aside and that was good because it's so di it could be so diverse and di – and, um, it could be divisive, but I think whatever deep subject there was, I'm sure he had an opinion on. And I just think he wanted to know his purpose in life. And when he figured it out, he wanted to teach us we have a purpose in life. And, and you know, like his daughter, Serena, that, that book, Don't Die With Your Music Inside You. And I learned so much by that. All you have to do is read the title of the books either he wrote or his children wrote. And you, yeah, can, yeah. you can just get the chills and know he was into deep, deep things, and I'm a, I am a deep person. I was into spirituality, like I said, with my parents when I was young, going to apparition sites. I always wanted to know the, the meaning of life. What are we here for? What's next? You know, I'm always, I'm a seeker too, so he attracted yeah. me in that way. Yeah, and you know, in our group, the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community, which is open to everybody, you can find us on Facebook. There's actually a lot of people who come in and and talk about their their religious faith. And like all are welcome, you know, like I don't see a division. And I feel like, you know, Wayne didn't either. He was open to all of it. And he used to say anything that includes some and excludes others is not of God. He really felt like the connection to God is universal and that, you know, it doesn't have to go through a third party, that you can have a direct experience of God. And that's that's what he talked about with meditation, that that was the, the best, quickest way to have a firsthand experience of the divine because, because he says, you know, you are God. God is within you. And that that is the life, that is the energy that creates worlds, right? And that you must be like what you came from. So he's so inspiring, you know, and I don't think that you have to be spiritual or religious. I don't. I don't see a wall there. I don't see a line. And so I guess what I want to talk to you about, because you were raised um, Catholic, you're still active in the church. Is that right? I still am. My my. I go on Sunday, although with the coronavirus, we watch it on TV. But I, yeah. I go to I go to mass, and my children are in Catholic parochial schools, and they're receiving the sacraments of baptism so like, and confirmation, and so forth. You're a perfect example that you don't have to abandon your religion to read Wayne Dyer. You don't have to abandon your religion or walk away from what you believe in. You don't have to make that choice, right? Like it's inclusive. It's not it's not either or, it's yes and. 
And but for some people, they're I don't know, maybe they're afraid of going outside of um, religious books, or maybe they're afraid of what their priest or their pastor or their bishop is going to say about it. And so I wonder, from your perspective, what is the division? What's the block? What is the difficulty in the two overlapping? And it really goes both ways, right? Because sometimes um, people who are religious are afraid that they won't be accepted in the spiritual community. Like if they're outed as Catholic, like, oh, like, what are you doing here? And I just want to tell you, I that hasn't been my experience. I don't think that's true. It's certainly not true in my group, right? Like everybody is welcome. As long as you're open-minded and you're not telling other people what to think or how to live or what to do, you know, come and join us, come and join us. But what is that, you know, what is that challenge, at least from the religious side to kind of cross over into spirituality? Well, I'm from a very Orthodox Catholic faith. By Orthodox, I mean my parents came from Ireland. So if you ever know an Irish Catholic, they're um, they're not so, I don't want to say superstitious, but they're very into saying the rosary. If you pass even like a cemetery, we cross our hands and pray for the deceased to make sure they're in heaven. There's a real emphasis on the after side, you know, this side and the other world. But yeah, it's a very Orthodox religion with a lot of um, and there's a lot of rules and regulations in it, but I don't think I don't think there's it's perfectly acceptable for me to be Catholic to meditate. It only adds to my spirituality. I still practice my religion. Now I throw meditation on top of it. I I learn about other religions. I understand them. It teaches me to be more open-minded, more understanding to other people's viewpoint. But I think with the clergy and um, some people who are real dogmatic or they're they're taught very very um strictly by their parents in certain faiths um i think that um they may get discouraged maybe by their clergy from reading books by dr wayne dyer or discouraged from reading non whatever their religion is non-christian books or non-catholic books um and reading general books about spirituality but you know nadia i i disagree that they should follow that direction. I think that that, that um, direction really kind of comes from a bit of fear. And there might be a fear that someone like me, that I might study non-Catholic teachings like Dr. Wayne Dyer, and that I might lose my religion. But that's not the case. I'm a, I'm a perfect living example. I did not lose my religion. Dr. Dyer's uh, books only enhanced my spirituality. And I I just want to share with you, Dr. Dyer said something. He was always saying we should be fearless, and he talked about fear a lot. And so I would like anyone who is in that kind of situation, I think that you can listen to your clergy. That's fine. But with your soul, you really hear your individual journey. You have to do what's best for your soul. And if you need to explore that to understand that spirituality, that's something you need to do. I don't think people should infringe on what your spirit and your soul is searching for because you are searching for more meaning in life. You need to do that. And I always remember a beautiful saying by Dr. Wayne Dyer. He said, um, fear knocked at the door and love answered and fear disappeared. And so all of that is just fear. And just take all the fear. And if you just replace fear with love, you will not be afraid to read those books. They're not going to take Jesus away from you. They're not going to take any of your Christian background, your Greek Orthodox, if you're Jewish or you're Hebrew, what your rabbi teaches you. None of that will be taken away. It's just a supplement. 
and don't let fear keep you from exploring that because if you are interested in those type of things, that's your soul telling you. Your soul wants to read that and wants to experience that and it, it, it wants that deeper meaning. And I, I just don't think we can uh, hold our soul back from those things because it's going to keep nagging you and you're going to want to do it. And so I think you, you need to study those, those readings. Well said. I, I think it's really important to be self-directed um, and listen to that voice within. And that doesn't mean that you're being a bad Christian, right? It doesn't mean that that you're turning on your faith because you're exploring something different or you're even exploring doubt, you know? And I think that all paths lead us home and that we're all on a journey to discovering who we really are, which is a part of the whole, that we are all one, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. That's probably the most important teaching that I ever got from Wayne Dyer is the nature of who we are and what that means for us. And it means that we're bigger than this. It means that we're not doing this alone. And I thank you for your courage and sharing your story. You really speak for so many. And I know that if you're listening to this today and this resonates with you, it's not a coincidence. It's synchronicity. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear, and this message might be for you. This story might be helping you understand and overcome any barriers to self-love, that you can be this and more. It's not either or. It's yes and. Absolutely. And um, before I came on tonight, I just meditated a little bit again with um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I kind of just said to put in my heart, anything you want, I have my book out and I've kind of conveyed some messages I've received from him. But um, I meditated for uh, really two hours. But anyway, you don't have to do that much. But um, I just said, put in my heart, Dr. Dyer, what you'd like me to share with this interview. And I felt he wanted the world to know that each person, you know, he's on the other side now, but he's still with us. Each person is a spirit, and we are created by God. We are all created by the same source. We are all loved equally by this source. We are all here on earth to have an earthly experience. And he wants to tell us, let's lose all of fear, and let's just trust that God, our higher power, created us. This God loves us. And God wants us to ultimately find true happiness and that that is the true secret to life. And that was what I did after my meditation. I, I felt I wanted to share. And um, I think it's a, a pretty message and it's pretty powerful. Very powerful. Thank you, Karen. And thank you, Wayne. You know, he talked about being a scurvy elephant. If you're familiar with his stories, you probably know what that means. But when he was a kid, he was he thought a teacher referred to him as a scurvy elephant. And he didn't know what that meant, but it was really a disturbing <laughs> element, right? So don't be afraid to be different. Society honors its living conformists and its dead troublemakers. That's a quote from Mino McLaughlin. And I know Wayne used to say that. And it's not that you have to cause trouble, but 
don't be afraid to dance to the beat of your own drum because you have a reason to be here. You have music inside you. Don't die with your music still in you. Share that with the world. And there's no better time than now. Everything's being turned on its head. You know, society is shifting. Our lives are changing. And anything that you can do to, you know, Send love in response to hate. Send love in response to fear. Become a spiritual alchemist. And, you know, Wayne told me that, you know, never doubt that a small committed group of people can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. So come join us in the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community where you get bits of inspiration and conversation and connect with people. And if you have, you know, some thoughts about your own faith and how that has been enhanced or challenged even by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, please share that in the group and let's talk about it. You know, let's talk about what's in our hearts and let's come together. So, Karen, what's the best way that people can reach you and get a hold of your book? Sure. Um, well, I have a website. Um, uh, my book is available on Amazon, but I also have a website. I think it, it's quicker through the website. And that is www.karenmcdonnell, which is M-C-D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Hillegas, H-I-L-L, I, G like golf, O like Oscar, S like Sam, S like Sam, dot com. And that way you get the book closer and I blog on it. And you can actually reach out and email me through that website. And um, I'm going to hopefully do some more podcasts. And when the coronavirus kind of subsides, I'm going to go back to my live book signings. I did three in Chicago and I had planned to go around the country and do those, but Obviously, I had to slow things down with the coronavirus, but um, it's, um, again, how Dr. Wayne Dyer taught me that life is worth living, and for everybody out there, no matter where you are in life, and no matter how down you get, life is really worth living. My book is, it tells kind of some dark stories about where I've been, but I want to share it with the world, and... Um, we're just, our souls are just really beams of light, Wayne Dyer always said. We are just balls of energy created by God, and we're really just here having an earthly experience, and we're loved infinitely. So just feel that love out there and explore this spirituality. Explore Dr. Wayne Dyer. Follow where, where your heart leads you, and you, you just can't go wrong. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to speak with you. I know we're both uh, Wayne Dyer super fans and we could geek out on Wayne Dyer mm -hmm. trivia forever. So I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. For all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life and telling your friends about it. You can find Karen's book on Amazon titled How Dr. Wayne Dyer Taught Me That Life Is Worth Living. To learn more about this podcast, please visit NadiaDelacruz.com. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste.
Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.